0: done its part. let Him in my life my heart. Love done its part. Now let Him in my life my
1: heart. Welcome to Healing Hidden Wounds Radio, sponsored by Shadow of His Wings Ministry. We are glad you are listening today, and hope you find words of healing, insight, and restoration. Shadow of His Wings Ministry was founded by Lee and Shay Preston and born out of God's vision for setting captives free. If you would like to support us in the work we do, please visit www.shadowofhiswingsministry.com to donate. Today on Healing Hidden Wounds, Lee is talking with Jonathan Darty, director of Be Broken Ministries. Let's listen in as Lee and Jonathan discuss the ins and outs of recovery from sexual brokenness.
2: This week, we are going to be continuing our two-part series on the roots of homosexuality. And uh, the last time we came to you, we talked about the father wound and the mother wound. And this week, we are going to talk about two other components that kind of complete this uh, series on the roots of homosexuality, and that is perfectionism and fear. So, Lee, I'm going to hand it over to you, and you can kind of maybe take us through First of all, what perfectionism is, and then how it applies to those who eventually struggle with homosexual feelings
0: okay well, you know, I think we can probably uh, look at perfectionism across the sexes and across the struggles and across uh, any any person who has come up in a place where they feel just inadequate uh, and it's uh, like you and I were talking earlier fear is is probably a root of perfectionism in and of itself, but I think perfectionism is important to talk about because perfectionism begins to invade this young boy's life uh, because he wants to be a pleaser. He wants to please his, his mother usually because he has such a close connection with her, as we talked about last broadcast about the mother wound. He wants to please her because he has a very close connection with her. He feels an inadequacy in and of him, in himself, so he's unsure as to how to... Demonstrate his worth. Uh, he feels insecure in his masculinity. He feels insecure around other boys. He's not quite sure how to interact with them. So he begins to find those things that he's best at and become per- perfect at them. Usually you find perfection in the areas of grades, in the area of artistic uh, expression, perfection in the areas of being a pleaser towards women or girls, and um, you may even find you know the teacher's pet sometimes is uh is a boy who struggles with his masculinity because it's usually a female teacher and he wants to uh please her
2: is that per- do you, does that perfectionism also display itself maybe in appearance in you know grooming and manicuring and that all that kind of stuff in terms of taking really good care of their appearance or clothes.
0: Certainly. Uh, Society has made it uh, made a name for it. They call it metrosexual. Yeah. (laughs) And we've kind of joked about it. And I'm not saying metrosexuals have or people who've who've been called that have struggles with same. I mean, with same sex attraction. I'm not saying that they have that struggle, but it certainly is uh, a, a struggle with persons who struggle with same sex attraction because they are looking for perfection. And so they are the ones who have to wear the, the perfect uh, the matching sets, the clothes that fit just perfectly, uh, because they are so insecure on the inside, they want to look perfect on the outside. And as you as you know, probably, most boys aren't like that. You know, they're out, they don't mind if they roll in the mud, uh, right. they don't care if they w- wear matching clothes, they don't care if, as long as they've got comfortable tennis shoes on, and they got something covering their body, that's about all they care about, whereas a boy who struggles with uh, same-sex attraction and and a break in his masculinity, he begins to, to strive to look outwardly perfect. And the unfortunate part about that is then that reaffirms to him that inwardly he is not perfect, and his masculinity is not perfect. And that's where the idolatry gets set up, where that little boy starts looking usually to men and starts comparing himself to them and saying, why am I not like that? What is it about me that still feels so small or so inadequate or so emasculated or emasculine?
2: Now, I, I noticed here in the notes that you handed to me that you also said that this desire to be perfect is often caused by a generational critical spirit. Uh, what exactly do you mean by that? Well, I've seen, and in, in just in my own experiences
0: and just in working with folks, that this critical spirit is a spirit that seems to pervade the family that is just critical of others. Uh, no one can quite live up to our standards, or no one can quite live up to what we expect. That's where the perfectionism starts. If I get a B in, in math, then I'm expected that I should get an A in math. If I So
2: approval is, is conditional. From, right. At least that's the general mood from the parents and the family and all that.
0: Right. And I won't even begin to say that, that parents know that they're doing this, but there is that critical spirit. It's on a very much a spiritual level that this conditional love gets placed. We will love you if. Uh, if you succeed here, then we will shower you with with some sort of attention, usually mom, Uh, unfortunately, because dad's usually not Mm -hmm. in the picture or at this point doesn't know how to get close to his son because that breakdown's already happened. But the critical spirit even pervades outside the family. Uh, Parents or families may hear comments like, uh, well, you know, if you ever date someone like that, whether it's a racial comment or then you're no son of mine or... Uh, how can she dress like that or how can he be like that?
2: So then does some of this, do you think some of them, the homosexual acting out or the homosexual feelings or pursuit of homosexual things, could some of that even be rebellious? Sure. In, in, the, in the one who does it, because out of this perfection that obviously they can't hold perfectly because none of us are perfect, but this critical spirit that's around, you know, Dad says, you know, no son of mine's going to be a girly man, you know, and I'll show you. Is that, is that ever some of the, the attitude that that might come out of that?
0: Sure. I think you see that attitude sometimes like, uh, well, you know what? You just think I'm, you know, if, if dad, if you don't approve of me this way, then, you know, I'll be more this way. Right. I think you can also certainly see it in. uh kids who've lived under a critical spirit who don't have the other ingredients for same sex attraction when they say you know what I'm yeah I am dating this girl even though she's this particular ethnicity or you know yeah I'm going to have sex with her before marriage cuz you tell me not to because of right. this criticalness but unfortunately with most same sex attracted males they turn it inward and they start to to criticize themselves all the time I'm really not living up. I'm really not capable of, of being a male. I don't know how to be a male. And so that idolatry sets in at that point, and they can't live up to the perfect body. So they seek it in other men, but they it becomes what's known as cannibalism. They begin to feed off of that sexual interaction, whether it's pornography. At age 13, I started looking at pornography, and I can... I can conjure up in my mind today the image of the perfect male that I saw in this, in this magazine and wondered at 13, mind you, why I wasn't like that. Mm. And that criticism began happening of you're never going to be masculine enough. And that wasn't the word, of course. You're never going to be. It was more like you're never going to be a man enough. You're never right. going to be like that.
2: So then, so then some of the, the homosexual pursuits then are ultimately just trying to attain that perfection?
0: Oh, sure. One of the first things I do in counseling is try to help the man find what his ultimate perfection he's seeking to be. Uh, Tall men tend to be, if they feel like they're tall and lanky, they want a man who's very uh, stout and built. Uh, If they're short, they want a taller man. If they have little or no body hair, they want somebody who has more body hair. If they feel like they weren't well endowed, they want someone who's well endowed. I mean, there's all these different things Mm -hmm. that begin to... that that criticism and that critical spirit begins to encourage.
2: Mm, that's good stuff. Well, let's, uh, let's shift gears a little bit here and, uh, and talk about fear and what kind of role that plays in terms of being a root of homosexual feelings and homosexual acting out.
0: Well, fear in and of itself begins to tell the kid, you can't do that. You're going to fail if you even try. And so he becomes,
2: and that could be anything.
0: Anything. So he becomes very fearful. He's the kid who, uh, you know, may get picked last at the soccer lineup for to picking teams. Maybe not because he doesn't know how to play, but because he's the quiet, shy one off over at the side that everybody's thinking, "Wow, he, you know, he's not saying anything. He's probably not mm-hmm. any good." Uh, But he may not even ever try it because he's saying inside, I can't do that. I'll mess up. I won't be able to. And that fear is sometimes even um, made worse by the overprotective mother, Uh, the mother that says, you know, oh, you can't play football because you're just going to get hurt. You know, you're better in band. Why don't you play an instrument? Or you're better and, you know, you should take art and you shouldn't take calculus because you might not do well there. You should take art instead. And then
2: probably you, out of his overwhelming desire to please his mother, he he'll picks go the ahead one. and do those things.
0: Exactly. He'll end up picking the one or he won't even try
2: the other because right. I
0: don't want to fail at this, so I just won't try at it. Uh, instead of, you know, thinking, I had one gentleman who, who thought, I'll never be able to play football, even though his dad encouraged him over and over just go across the street, introduce yourself to the, to the other boys, and try to play. But he, at that point, was already too afraid that they were going to make fun of him or that they were going to call him a sissy or a fag or he's not good enough. And so he just didn't try at all.
2: Now, I have a question about this in terms of fear and something that we talked about in the last broadcast when we were talking about the mother wound. And you were talking about how there is this um, unhealthy connection between the, the male son and his mom. And that that creates this uh, idea that, well, women represent safety to him, whereas there's mystery in the man because he hasn't been able to identify with the masculine. However, if women represent safety to him, where then does this fear fit in in his perceived inability to be able to connect romantically with a woman?
0: Well, he's very sure of himself around women as, as long as they're his friends or buddies or... As
2: long as there's nothing romantic. As long as
0: there's nothing romantic because he's already found as he's grown up that he doesn't relate to girls the way other boys do. You know, even as he's going into adolescence and he hears the other boys talking about a girl or, you know, how look at her, how pretty she is or whatever, and he doesn't have those feelings. And he's already beginning to have those beginning feelings of of attraction to the boys. And so he's already feeling like a misfit. So he goes to the girls because it's safe to talk to them about his life, his feelings. They're more nurturing. They're more sensing He's had more sensitive relationship with mom. And so if that were to ever turn... And he may even try. He may try to date the girl, but he generally finds rejection because even she feels that there's not there's not that spark there. There's not that chemistry there. So he generally hears something like, well, I just want to be friends. So he begins to realize, I really am just a friend to girls. and
2: So it's kind of a snowball effect. Exactly. Because his fear... To approach a girl in any sort of romantic situation causes her to have sort of an apprehension about wanting to be involved with him in any sort of way. And then if there's any perceived rejection from her, it just only magnifies that fear that he had in the first place of, of being seen as a failure, uh, of, of, as being not man enough and all those sorts of things.
0: Exactly. I think God created men to grow into their masculinity and for girls to be attracted to that masculinity. And when he doesn't have that, when he's even unsure of it himself, then he tries to relate to girls on a a sexual level, meaning even just a dating level, Mm -hmm. then they don't sense it. All they sense is a friend. All they sense is a... Uh, a safe guy. And got girls want to know their, that mystery for guys as well. And there's no mystery because he's a lot like her.
2: Now, does this fear also maybe manifest itself in, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking this through and I'm thinking, OK, if this if this boy is afraid of um, connecting romantically with a woman, but he's also got this this fear of launching out and doing anything that might that he might fail at then couldn't this fear also be something that drives him deeper into secrecy and shame because then what if anybody found out that he was having these homosexual feelings does the fear component also work kind of on that side of of him as well
0: most definitely what he begins to to realize is I can't let anybody know this I think that's changing simply because of our society Because being gay is becoming more and more acceptable. So he might ultimately find a girl, generally, a girlfriend that he can say, hey, I'm having these feelings. And if she begins to say, oh, that's perfectly acceptable and you're gay and that's the way you are, then he can feel differently. Uh, And usually if he can find a parent, usually mom, who says, oh, I love you no matter what, which is a great phrase because that should be true. But not, I love you no matter what, and I accept you completely as gay, but I love you no matter what, but I don't think this is God's best for you. Another thing that fear does is it prevents him from trying to press into the masculine, because he's afraid of real boys. He's afraid of being around them. He knows he doesn't fit. Uh, Many of the guys I worked with, including myself, uh, what I used to do is I would walk into a group of men, and I would feel small, like I was a little kid again. And that's what happens because the masculinity doesn't get fully developed, and so you feel like this misfit around all these guys. Whereas the homosexual community, everything's based upon a person's sexuality. So I accept you based upon your sexuality, and I know immediately that you'll accept me because I know you're gay. That's why the whole gay community is an, its its um, its really deceiving to folks who struggle with it because you're not really being accepted based upon who you are, but based upon your sexuality.
2: Which is, again, why, and we've talked about this in the past, there seems to be so much anger in the homosexual community of anybody like us who would be offering a different way because that is basically we're we're kind of dipping into their territory because we're saying, well, wait a second, so if that person decides... That they want to choose this other way, I guarantee you, the homosexual community turns on them. Exactly. And so it's not about them accepting you for who you are. It is totally based on your what you were doing with your sexuality. And if you should find a better way and begin to move toward that, they're not going to be pleased. It's like all of a sudden you'll you'll see their true colors come out in terms of where their acceptance was based. Right.
0: And that anger is based in fear. They're afraid that, you know, what, I finally accepted myself and you're going to try to tell me that this isn't who I am. How dare you? But then what's really happened is really all they've been accepted based upon is who they decided to have sex with. And unfortunately, that becomes a very empty life because Uh, that then the whole acceptance cycle is based upon how young I am, how much sex I'm willing to have, who I'm willing to have sex with, what I'm willing to do. Mm -hmm. And so it begins to break down as you don't want to do that anymore, you can't do that anymore, there's this inability to to even know who you are anymore. And so what happens then is you have nothing to base your your relationship or your friendship
2: or your belongingness to that And I would think that would just compound your fear even more, because then when the truth does start coming out about what, what the basis was for why you were accepted in that community, I can't imagine what kind of anxieties that would create, because now you realize, wait a second, you weren't actually accepting me for who I am. You were accepting me for what I could bring to this community in terms of my sameness as you in terms of just the behavior itself. And when you realize that your acceptance is not based on who you are, but simply because you do the same things that other people do, that that has to just compound the fear when that realization starts to come to light. Sure. Exactly. Because now you go, where can I go?
0: Where do I belong? I yeah. can't go over here because they hate me because I'm homosexual, and I can't go over here because they don't want me to even question whether I'm really gay or not, where do I really go at that point? And that's where I think the church is so important in saying, we love the homosexual. We love exactly where you're at and trying to help them to see that there may be another option out there. The unfortunate part about it is, is the gay community really thrives, in my belief, on that perfectionism. And when a person begins to see that they're not perfect because a person won't have sex with them because they don't look exactly right, or they don't act exactly right, or they don't have a this, or they don't have that. Then they begin to to feel rejection even there, and it's it's where do I go from here? And that's when the imme- immense fear starts to take over.
2: So Lee, then what do we do about this? I mean, what are, how can we, how can you help our listeners who are they're resonating with what you're saying now? whether they would resonate publicly or not, they're resonating with it. They're saying, you know, I get it. I get what you're talking about in terms of that perfectionism. That's me, or I get it. I understand what that fear is about. What do you speak into their lives that brings them a sense of hope, and where do they go in order to really heal from that perfectionism and fear?
0: Well, I think the first thing is just telling them the truth, and that is that God made them. He made them fearfully and wonderfully and beginning to help them to hear that over and over again that God knit them together in their mother's womb so that they are perfect there is perfection there Uh, and having them almost repeat that through prayer as they come up against that need for perfection how come I wasn't made like this why don't I have the same kind of build as he does thank you Lord for making me exactly the way I am and in the body that I have and beginning to praise God for that. Now, it sounds real foreign to someone who's never been in church before or doesn't know God, but the truth is, is the more my eyes get off of my imperfections and I begin to thank him for who I really am, then I don't have that need to look to other men to affirm who I am or to seek out my own, to see my own imperfection and try to get it from someone else.
2: Well, and wouldn't also part of that solution be the reality that it, the way in which God accepts us is not based upon our ability to be perfect. Exactly. It's not based on our what we do, what we've done. It's not based on that. And right. and being able to see that, that grace is what allows us to be seen as fully accepted and fully received by God.
0: Exactly. And I believe that's where our role comes in as Christians is to truly... Model the love of Christ, which is fully accepting of anyone right where they're at, not requiring that they be better before they get there. That is conditional love, is is wanting someone to be cleaner before they walk into church. Well, you get, you pray and you get over this, then you can come to church, or you don't bring this to church, then we'll allow you in. But the true love of Christ says, we love you right where you're at, and if we don't model that to the gay community then they're not going to see that we're unconditional, that we love them unconditionally.
2: And would you also say that when a person starts to gain that perspective of God's unconditional love for them through Christ, that the fear melts away? Most definitely. The fear,
0: the uh, strings that are attached to love. Because
2: you found your place. Exactly. You found your place in God's family, and there is a peace that surpasses all understanding that washes away that fear.
0: Exactly. And it's I'm gonna tell the the listening audience, if you're if you're in the gay community and and you're hearing this for the first time, you're probably gonna say, that is unreal to me. I can't put my my head around that. I can't fit that into my thinking because it sounds too foreign. It kinda of floats in the air to say, what, some God loves me unconditionally but the truth is is you need to hear it it, it just at least to hear it. And let it fall deep within your heart that he does love us unconditionally, that, that there is nothing that we can do to make him love us more. And that is the lie of the homosexual community in that you always have to be striving to be better, to look better, to act better so that you can be accepted.
2: Well, we've got to wrap it up there. Thank you, Lee, for uh, for being with us here this week uh, to bring us Healing Hidden Wounds uh, on the Pure Sex Radio broadcast, Lee and his wife Shay have a ministry that is uh, just fantastic in helping those who struggle with same-sex attraction. It's called Shadow of His Wings Ministry, and uh, you can contact them through their website, which is com, for uh, counseling and insight and uh, just for the help that you need to really understand more about what it is to uh, live a life of purity.
1: We are glad you joined us today and we hope that God had a special word just for you. Remember that Healing Hidden Wounds and Shadow of His Wings Ministry are listener supported and all services are provided on a donation basis. If you heard something today that was especially important to you, we hope you will consider donating a gift. Please visit www.healinghiddenwounds.com to donate today.
0: Now let him reign in my life and my heart Your love has done its part Now let him reign